Welcome to the Generous Marriage Podcast. Hi, I'm Ziv Raviv. And I'm Shachar Erez. And together we, we went on a journey with the Generous Marriage Podcast, and we would like to take you with us on exploring what is the principles, what are the tools that work to, that creates a more generous relationship. And what would that do for us if we had a more generous relationship? Uh, maybe you know more than me, uh, Shachar, because you're a couples therapist and you see the results of a more generous relationship all the time, isn't it? Yes, I think a more generous uh, marriage helps us be happier, healthier, live longer, even make more money. And I have to say that while you're saying all this, I, I also thought about have more sex, which is one of our needs. And uh, it's not the topic of today's episode. Today's episode is actually all about compassionate separation. We have an interview with Antonia Roybel-Mack. She's actually a lawyer and a practitioner uh, of, like she helps people break up, but she does it in a very compassionate way. Um, are, you, are you excited like I am about this interview, Shachar? Super excited. She, she's not a ca- characteristic uh, kind of lawyer. She's more like a sage, actually. She is, she, she is. And I think you're going to love it. See you guys at the other end. Enjoy. Welcome to the Generous Marriage Podcast. Fight less, feel appreciated, and have a deeper connection with your spouse. And now your hosts... Shachar Erez and Ziv Raviv. Hello, Generous Marriage Podcast. Hi, I'm Ziv Raviv. And I'm Shachar Erez. And together we are the Generous Marriage Podcast. We are here in season two interviewing all sorts of influencers and thinkers on the field of relationships and trying to investigate all things about how to make your marriage generous. But sometimes, honestly, the most generous thing to do or just the inevitable thing to do is to divorce. And that is why we're talking today with Antonia Rabel-Mack. Hi, Antonia. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? Good. And you're a lawyer from New Mexico, Albuquerque, New Mexico. And you have like an entirely different approach to taking a divorce situation and resolving it when you explained it to me, I was very impressed about how the process is not only about getting the most out for your customer. It's more based on the needs and the situation and understanding the background and the kids' situation and so many other things. I was very impressed and it was even, I would call it a generous process. So tell us a little bit about what you do, Antonia, with the divorce case. Sure. Well, certainly our philosophy is that the separation is going to hurt. The divorce doesn't have to. And what I mean by that is that you're already going through an emotional problem when you come to get divorced. And in the United States, and I don't know how it is in other countries, but the divorce itself is really a business problem. So we try to focus on the fact that this is a temporary problem that needs to be fixed, i.e. leaving the relationship, getting the divorce and finishing the court process. But you certainly don't have to make this problem become your life. And you have to make decisions while you're in this temporary situation, knowing that they're going to affect your children and your outcomes long term. One of the things you talked about is we really focus on the need. What do you need leaving this relationship 
to have a successful future and not so much what sort of pain do you need to inflict. So let me ask you about this, because like when I grew up, I've heard Eddie Murphy in his stand-up comedy act talking about half. I want half. So isn't like what we need is half? Isn't it like super simple? Just get me the half and then we can go our ways. If it was that simple, yes and no. But the reality is most people may not need half. What they might need is peace in their life. What they might need is more time with their children. What they might need is to find balance within their work. And there is a financial need. So people need to go into the divorce very clear about what that financial need is and what the real finances of the marriage were. So that way they can make good decisions based on the numbers, setting aside the emotion involved. Nice. So it's again about understanding your needs and communicating them. Correct. In generous marriage, it's about communication, but really in generous divorce, you still need communication, especially if you have kids, and that's going to make a real difference in your long-term outcomes. Especially for the kids, yeah, I agree. Can you give us an example where you were more focusing on the needs and helping the couple to see the needs or making your customers see their needs and then working towards fulfilling the needs instead of trying to play this game of punishing each other? The first thing we do is we try to help them understand where they're coming from emotionally. The divorce process itself, the math is easy. You take a calculator and you're right, you divide it in half and that's what the math is. But what people get stuck on is, is how they feel about the other person, how they feel about their definition of fairness. And what we do is we, in our office, we actually have NLP certified practitioner Our lawyers are certified practitioners where we can help them understand that maybe what they're really after is revenge, what they're after is vindication. And there's no place for that in courts. It's going to be very expensive to try to get those sort of things. And you're not going to be happy in the end. So set aside some of that emotion and accept the feelings, learn what happened, take the learnings and make good decisions from a business perspective. Can you explain a little bit what NLP is and how? Some things I'm going to go ahead and share with you. And there's two things we do almost in every single case. One of them is called perceptual positioning. And what that does is it helps you understand it. It'll help my client understand perceptually how they're feeling towards the other person. And I made a little diagram and you have to forgive if the colors come out. We can see it. Good. And what you really do is you have you, the client, is in this space, and they talk to their spouse about how they feel without expressing blame. And what that accomplishes is they're able to say, you know, I feel like you, everything they feel, I feel like you shouldn't have cheated on me. I feel like you weren't a good partner. I feel all the things, I feel disappointed, but they can't use blame, okay? Then they stand in this, the shoes of their partner. And if their partner was standing there to say back to them, These are how I feel. Then they come up to the, the top position as the neutral observer, and they observe. What did husband tell wife, wife tell husband? What's the role in this? Mm-hmm. And in doing this sort of process, what you almost always find, and I find they find, is that there is some role of their own in the divorce. There are some learnings that need to happen, that they have very common goals. The common goals are usually... The children, the common goals are to make sure that 
the other leaves generally in divorce, they don't want to hurt the other party. They're already hurting themselves. And this is said often that hurt people hurt people. Okay, so we try to take that away. The other thing we do, and I'm going to show you another little graphic here, is this process called parts integration. And I'm not sure if you can see that a little closer, but basically through parts integration is the person takes in one hand, the person they're having conflict with, and then in the other hand, they take themselves. And through the process, and, and this is something done by the practitioners in our office, before or after they see the lawyers, they can understand what they have alike, what they have in common, and what's not in common. And then from there, as you go through the NLB process, their hands will eventually come together. And, and at that point, they can see, look, we really have common interests. Our common interests are not to spend a great deal on lawyers. Our common interests are to to protect our children. And if you look at some of Alison Armstrong's things, the way a man is going to perceive protecting his children versus the way a woman's going to perceive protecting her children are two very different things. We also look at it from the perspective, you know, I'm going to talk a little bit about the cave woman and the cave woman's primary goal is to feed her children and to make sure that they survive. Well, we're not in that reality anymore. So people can let that go that they need to get everything they need to get out of the situation because they really need to look at the reality. And these processes we've found really help people stay focused. That's really cool. So they stay focused and they stay focused on the common ground and they avoid the hurt people, hurt people. I love that. I never heard that before. What we also look at is what are the goals? Okay, the very first time you sit down with me, what are your goals? What do you need? Mm-hmm. And divorce lawyers make money. That's one of the bottom lines. And your one of the primary goals needs to be to not spend a whole estate on divorce lawyers. That should always be a goal. But when you're very focused and you know, this is what I need. I need a house over my head. I need my children to maintain their quality of life. I want to go visit my family out of state or out of country once a year. There's a cost for that. This is really what I need. When they start fighting over things that are based on hurt and based on feelings, not reality, we can bring them back to what those initial goals are and understand, have your goals changed? So for those that are going through the process, have a real clear conversation with yourself on what it is you need and what your goals are. And then it's up to you if your lawyer's not keeping you focused on those goals to say, no, my goal is not the Snoopy phone. My goal is to make sure that I have what I need for my family. And people cooperate with that? It sounds like a vulnerable uh, process. You take them deep into parts that are less conscious than how they come in. I work with a lot of business people who understand the value of money. And I think when they realize they could easily spend a tremendous amount of money fighting on things that they can go buy brand new to prove a point. Hmm. They're very open to understanding ways to resolve the conflict. That's a great way to use money. (laughs) (laughs) So does that mean that, is there a bias in terms of who usually hire you? Is it mostly men or mostly women or is it equal? It's equal. Myself, if I looked at my current caseload, I probably have a, currently I have more men on my caseload, but it's generally equal. And aren't you losing money through this approach? Well, you know what? I don't look at it that way. I look at it, if you have a strong family, strong families make strong societies. And when these kids grow up in a model of disruption, it disrupts everything. 
And if you help people through this temporary conflict, they will be your friend and client for life. Whereas if I take advantage of it and see it as a, a one-time deal that I got to get as much money off of this person, I'm not serving them and I shouldn't be doing this job. I really want to look into like the rare cases where people come to you and we start to look into the needs and start to communicate the feelings without blaming. That is something that is a game changer by itself because it forces you to like... It's, it's very natural. We are all humans. We, are all, we all deserve to have feelings, right? It's when you start to blame each other, that's when you are kind of out of line in a way and you are doing something that is hurting the other side immediately. But if you just convey your feelings, you can uh, even sympathize sometimes. So do you see sometimes a situation where communicating on the feelings changes dramatically the flow of the divorce it always changes dramatically the flow of the divorce and one thing that's important is when people come in and you express things in the terms of blame you're now rationalizing a reason to be unreasonable okay you're giving yourself all these reasons as to why you can continue to perpetuate the conflict why it's not that bad for you or bad for your kids or so on and, and that's one thing the blame does so one thing we have seen, I've seen couples get back together when we really sit and you start this process and, and they don't actually want a divorce. What they needed was to get through some of their feelings. They needed some resources and they needed some help and they didn't know how to communicate any of that. And once they get some of these tools, I've had some reconciliations and, and that's also a beautiful day. That's amazing. So do you also see situations where you have this gut feeling like this instinct where you think this divorce is inevitable or this divorce is not inevitable? That's one of the initial questions I have. And I always ask, is divorce really your last option? Is this where you are in a place where you have tried therapy, you have tried resources, you have tried classes, and, and you're not getting where you need to go? There are situations where divorce is inevitable, where there's an unsafe parent or unsafe spouse, there's drug abuse, there's domestic violence, all those sort of issues, it's inevitable, it's going to happen. We have to then take the person through that, again, without blame and find a way to get them the best result they can. I asked permission to share this story, but I have had cases where someone comes in and it's very clear they don't want a divorce and it's clear their spouse does not want a divorce. They're just out of resources. So in those situations, what we do is we ask them if they're willing to coach with our on-staff coaches. We have male and female, and usually the male will take the man and female will take the woman, and they coach them. And they decide, you know, and then I tell them, you know, we're not going to file. And if you need to file, we'll file. But if you don't, you don't. And in those situations, we have had some successful reconciliations. And again, it comes down to people seeing this is the end if I don't change now. And it gives them that leverage to make the changes they need to make because this relationship is important to them. How did you start with this approach? They don't teach it at law school. They don't teach it at law school because I probably could make a lot more money if I didn't use this approach per case. I actually started with the approach through Tony Robbins. So I've been following his work in Six Human Needs and we were looking at it as litigators originally from the point, and this is true to win cases. How do you use this approach to win more cases? 
And we changed that focus to say, how do we use this approach to serve our clients with their basic needs? From there, that led to getting the NLP practitioners on board. As you know, some people don't want to go to therapy and they feel like they've tried therapy and they're, they're not ready for therapy yet. So this is a quick process. The two kind of slides I just showed you, I don't sit down with these pieces of paper and show them to the client, but we go through the process without them always knowing that's what we're doing. So how do you sell it to them? I ask them if they're ready to resolve the conflict and if they're willing to resolve the conflict with themselves and if they're willing to do things that may not be typical in resolving the conflict. And I haven't had anybody tell me no. You think they come especially to you because you do this kind of processes? I don't think so because I think they come to us because at the end of the day, we win cases. So we get people what they need and they, they can move on. People don't know we do this unless you don't know we do this till we're sitting with you. We don't necessarily advertise it. Yeah, I was looking at your website. I didn't see any. No. So what happens after the needs are communicated and understood? What happens if there's a conflict around the needs? How do you prioritize some of the needs? Or how do you help the couple still go through the divorce if they have to and fulfill at least most of the needs? Or what's your approach? I think the first thing to do is resolve the internal conflict with each individual. Obviously, we don't represent the other side, but they have to get very clear on, on their needs. And then when you say if there's a conflict, I mean, there's times you have to go to court. If you need money and the other partner's not going to give you money and you need to feed your children, you need to go to court and you need to protect yourself and do the things you need to do. But you also, in the words of my dad, he used to say, don't fight, but if you fight, you fight to win. And sometimes that's what you have to do. But can you say some more about the inner conflict? What do you mean by that? For example, they think the other parent shouldn't have any time with the child. Okay, but that may not be reality. So it's dealing with some of those reality issues. One of the things we always, I ask, and I ask it probably 10 times a day is, is that true? Okay, and you ask them, is that true? And then, well, no, not entirely. When people use generalizations of, it's always like this. He never does that. He always is late. He's a terrible father. And, and you have to really follow through and say, is that a true statement? Well, no, he's not always late. Yeah. Well, no. And you try to get them to understand that people do the best they can with the resources they have in front of them and how they process and how you process might be entirely different in accepting these situations to not fight over things you don't need to fight over. The separation is going to hurt, but the divorce doesn't have to. Do you have also a story where just the entire process was very, very fast and what made that possible? We do. You know, what makes it possible, you can get divorced very quickly and you can get divorced, believe it or not, in the U.S. for under $500 with the help of a lawyer if you are clear on what you need. We actually develop software for our state that people can go to. They can do their whole divorce start to finish online with interview questions that help fill out the court forms. If people are reasonable, they can generally go through that. They pick and choose the things that are going to work for their family. They agree upon it. And then they, they move on. If they don't agree on small things, like, or even big things, like we don't agree what the time sharing should be for the kids, they can mediate. And they go 
sit with a mediator and they talk about their differences. We go through some of these processes very quickly to help them understand, again, get focused on the need. And we also really have to get them focused on the child's needs, not their need. Mm -hmm. Your need is to be angry. Your need is to, those are your needs. Your child probably needs the other parent if they're a fit and proper person. It can be done. And I also educate clients about that. This divorce can take two weeks. It can take two years. You are going to be the driver on the timeline. So you feel like your process is different than mediation? Well, it is different than mediation because they can, I've had couples who can sit there and do it online together. One can do it themselves and give the paperwork to the other and say, this is our, my proposal. So they can, if they use the online platform, they never will see us. But if they want to do a mediation, then they use the online platform and follow up with a mediation. I really see how like it can help people that are in communication. They, are, they still have communication going on. They still can talk about their needs and potentially even get to agreements. Like, okay, so you get this and I get that and these are the terms and just let's file the papers properly and then they can save a lot of money and uh, try to move on. But uh, sometimes it's more complicated than that. Save a lot of money and save a lot of hurt. You know, the divorce is so common these days in the Western world. And if you can save some hurt and have people hurt each other less and come out of this process more able to communicate and to understand each other, that's huge. It also keeps a little bit of like faith and hope and trust in the other side, on the other sex even, like just to cut the, the bravery of coming back after divorce into relationships, that could happen very fast for some, but it can actually be very slow for others. Yeah. And if, huh. the, the, if the divorce itself is handled like it is, which is, in essence, it's a business transaction, as you say, then it doesn't have to be to add another trauma. Give us a horror story of maybe a divorce process that got very, very complicated. What happened? If you don't mind. We, we have those. And we have those cases where there's mental illness, drug abuse, domestic violence. In those situations, you can't get people to think rationally. And you have no choice but to use the court process step by step to have the judge make decisions for these people because they're not capable of making the decisions for themselves. So, I mean, I've done incredibly complicated cases where they take years to get done. It's really unfortunate, but when you're dealing with unreasonable people and there's an unreasonable opponent, sometimes that's the position you're left in. You know, things to avoid, things we look out for and when it's very complicated like that is to make sure that people aren't making decisions based upon fear. They're not forcing themselves to go to court for fear. And they're not making decisions based on the principle of the thing, meaning they don't want to go to court just so that way a judge will validate their feelings and validate their position. We've had to do it. And that's why people have lawyers so they can go through that process if they need help. I'm so inspired by you, Antonia. I'm really glad we're having this interview. You're changing my mind about lawyers and the whole uh, divorce. Okay. Like, seriously, you don't even talk like a lawyer in the sense of like, I don't feel confused by talking with you. <laughs> and I have some lawyer friends where I cannot really understand an entire sentence without very complicated jargon words. So 
you could really see how you care on getting people to be able to go through process that is as painless as possible. Of course, there's always pain, but as painless as possible. So, Antonia, you definitely inspired us. If someone wants to learn more about your approach or even like learn about that online tool or learn about mediation or learn about even your office, where can you send them? So for the online tool, it's divorcenm, as in newmexico.com. We have a, a tremendous amount of information on that website for parties going through divorce. And then our law firm website looks like any other law firm's website. And you know they can find me via email. What I often do is help guide them in a sense like a coach would to uh, the questions they need to be asking the lawyer in their jurisdiction, how they can stay focused, how they can keep their costs down. And that's generally a conversation through, it's kind of more a coaching call at that point, not so much a lawyer call for them to direct their lawyer on what their real needs are. Cool. So just in case, if you don't mind, we'll put the links on the show notes of generousmarriage.com and make sure that we point to the right place. I'll, I'll con- correspond with that on that one uh, with you. And guys, this is something that if you're listening right now and you already have been through a divorce that was very painful, I'm sorry, you had to go through a painful divorce. And of course, in retrospect, it's very easy to look into a divorce and say, oh, it's a business transaction. There's a w- better way to do it. So if you went through a divorce and it was very, very painful, I'm sorry about that. We're sorry. But it's still something that happens. It's a very common situation. Even after you get divorced, many people get divorced a second time or even a third time and so on. And I think we want to share your unique voice, Antonia, and let people know that they can keep the cost down they can talk about their needs. They can even communicate their feelings without blame. Can you believe that? That's actually possible. And you don't need to go into a divorce lawyer to be in a position where you can finally talk about your feelings. Guys, if you're listening to this and you have some feelings that you need to communicate, there are therapists that can help you. There are coaches that can help you. And you can even do it. You can put Walk on communicating your feelings with no blame. And that by itself, as you stated as well, Antonia, it's a game changer. So uh, thank you again, Antonia, for being here. Antonia Roy Belmac from Abacoque, New Mexico. And thank you guys for listening for yet another episode of the Generous Marriage Podcast. See you next week. Thank you, Antonia. Bye, everyone. See you next week. Thank you for having me. Wow, I love how Antonia Roybel Mack is so compassionate in seeing other people's needs and helping uh, the different sides in, in a breakup put themselves into the other uh, side's shoes and seeing uh, underneath all of the mess, underneath all of the anger, um, that there are needs there that need to be met. Uh, yeah. What did you like about the interview? Shahar? I was just really deeply touched by her. You know how she prefers serving the client's needs rather than winning cases. That's just not how I perceive lawyers usually. I really love that she changed my perception. 
and how she's brilliant in focusing on needs and helping people getting out of their hurt feelings so they can understand their partner or their ex-partner better and see that they have some common goals and work towards that. Very practical. It is. It's almost like a filter we should remember using every day with our partners, not just on separation, but hopefully way, way earlier, maybe even to avoid a separation and to ask yourself, what is the underlying need of my partner right now? Instead of just assuming that they are misbehaving, maybe there's a need there that is unmet. Right. You know, in my perspective as a couples therapist, I think the only good reason to break up if you realize your partner or if, if both of you realize there's a big need, a main need that you can't or won't fulfill for each other. Any other reason, like thinking that someone is misbehaving, will just be played again in the next relationship. Mm. Wow. Uh, so that could be just uh, a lot of additional pain eventually. Yeah. Um, so by finding your, your, your inner needs and uh, desires and wants um, is the key to the success of the relationship by thinking about yourself and your needs and identifying them and also thinking about the other person's needs and wanting to fulfill them and, or at least try. Uh, or, or sometimes even just see them and acknowledge them. Sometimes needs don't need to be fulfilled. They just need to be heard. They need to be acknowledged. And that's wow. uh, many times uh, good enough. So true and so generous too, even just that. Guys, uh, thank you for listening for yet another episode of the Generous Marriage Podcast. We've prepared a PDF, like a bonus PDF for you, all the way in generousmarriage.com. Uh, Shachar, tell us what they can expect if they go to generousmarriage.com to season two, episode 14, and click on the download button. So Antonia gave us the diagram she uses with her clients. Uh, these are uh, diagrams that come from NLP and are very helpful in getting clear of what you need and what your partner needs. And you can use it. You should use it. It's great to use it in your relationship, not just as part of a divorce. Uh, yes. It really makes a difference. And that is our goal for this show, is to help you uh, see the other end, but stay, uh, stay happy, stay married, work on your relationship, make it more, more of a generous one. And we believe that these diagrams can help you do that. Um, and in general, every time you practice those muscles of trying to put yourself into your partner's shoes, trying to see their needs, trying to make your relationship even more generous, that is something that will be valuable for you and will help you in many ways, including in business. Moving along, we have next week's episode with Dr. Tina Tessina. Wow, that is going to be so much fun. I loved that interview uh, with Tina. And we're going to learn something that will help you overcome fights and just communicate in a way that is not just talking, but actually communicating. Yeah, she's awesome. Great interview. So see you guys next week on the Generous Marriage Podcast. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. See you next week. Mm-hmm.